Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Hello, hello, hello. You are listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. This is your EP, Jesse, and you guys just heard a couple of tracks, starting off with Unnormal by Queen's Eye. And before that, you guys heard Sugarcoat by Kiss of Life, but more specifically from the Thai uh, member, Nutty. Um, yeah, in our show today, we are in studio. Fun. Yeah. Woo. Crisp voices. <laughs> Hell yeah. Such crisp voices. Um, I will be joined by Tracy. Hi. Ethan. Hello. Tharuki, which is who is not here right Hi. now. <laughs> and Lee. Suck. Yeah. We are starting to get deep into season three. And so we have, um, first up, a birthday celebration. Uh, our wonderful member Saruki recently had her birthday, so she will be recommending some songs and talking a bit about that. Um, we will also be outlining some of the crazy things that are happening in K-pop and anime in July because there is a lot going on in July for both K-pop and anime. Um, we will also be having a bit of a discussion about some spicy tea, some controversy about Choi Yena and her song Hate Rodrigo. Um, and last but not least, uh, we have uh, the long-awaited return of Ethan. Um, he was gone for three weeks in Korea, and so our last little segment will be dedicated specifically to his adventures in Korea, so definitely stay tuned in if you want to hear about that. Um, now, before we get right into the birthday segment for Tharuki, we'll be playing a few more tracks, starting off with Rollercoaster by N-Mix. You just listened to Salad Days by Iso, and before that, Easy by Priya Ragu, and before that, Roller Coaster by N Mix. So, now that we are in season three, we had a little break um, before last week, and during that break, Turuki had her birthday, and as per APN tradition, Turuki will have her own little birthday segment. So, what did you do for your birthday? Um, I didn't really do much besides you know, celebrate with my family and friends on, like, separate occasions. Um, but, you know, it was fun. How do you feel about turning 19? What does that number mean to you? <laughs> um, I don't know, besides getting older, but I would say it's just a number, but, you know. I guess that's good. Yeah. yeah. When you're a it's teenager, like, yeah, it's still like, like, I'm young, mm. but once you start getting into your 20s, it's like, <laughs> I shouldn't have achieved something right now. So enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. <laughs> I guess 19 is like between the two big numbers, 18 and then 21. So mm-hmm. it's just like, a, what am I doing? Saruki has personally picked out three songs that she really vibes with. What she wants to share with um, the APN listeners. The songs that I chose yeah. were Designer by VAV yep. um, and March by 17 and um, Burning Up by Monster X. Since VAV was like the less popular groups, I found them on TikTok or more like they appeared on my TikTok. Um, obviously, 17, um, I recognized them from their song, um, Hot. That was the first ever song that I listened to, then oh, slowly wow. stand them later on. And then Monster X, don't know how I found them out about them. But they just appeared out of nowhere, so 
we'll just leave that to a mystery of banning them to another day. But I'm really interested because 17 Monster X are both very, very popular groups. VAV is quite unpopular, but they do make good music and they are very good singers, all of them. It's good that they're getting played on TikTok because to me, like, you know, they debuted, I think, 2015, 2016, around that time. Um, very fun facts about them is that their name actually stands for Very Awesome Voice. That's mm. solid name. I love it. Great. Do they have very solid voices? They actually do, mm. on account of them being grown men um, <laughs> with developed vocal cords. Uh, yeah, so do you have anything to say about March or seven, uh, 17 or Burning Up in particular? Um, Not in specific. Yeah. It's just like they're really good songs and I like to listen to them mm-hmm. on like the playlist that I put on. But Yeah, I remember yeah. March is like a very cool like rock track. It has this very cool driving force to it and it is very good. Uh, we played it last year actually during our like favourites of the year. I think Leisha mentioned the album it was on. And so I executive decision, made the executive decision to put this song on because it was my favourite B-side. So it's a nice coincidence that you picked it um, mm-hmm. independent of my co-oursing coercing so without a further ado the next song that's gonna play is vav designer welcome back to asian pop nation you just heard designer by vav march by 17 and burning up by monster x so since we've come back from a break it's actually the month of july we have just come back into season three of sin um, but we are also getting a lot more content that we can talk about since we are asian pop nation we should talk about some k-pop and anime related things looking on this list here we actually have a lot of k-pop stuff happening in july and i might ask tracy if she can update us on some of that so we'll pass over to our foreign correspondent tracy She's on the scene. She can tell us about it. I'm on the scene, correct. I can confirm. Actually, you may have noticed that we have not been playing a lot of K-pop in the last few weeks of season two. And that was because it was kind of slow. And the reason it was kind of slow is because apparently everyone is coming back in July. First things first, last season, we talked a little bit about how XOCBX, that's Chen, Baekhyun and Min of EXO, were suing SM on account of like lack of financial transparency and unfair contract negotiations, etc. And we were like, oh, this is a pretty big deal. And we talked about how SM has a history of being sued by their top boy groups. Anyway, slightly anticlimactic resolution to that story is that CBX have amicably resolved their lawsuit with SM. Um, they released a joint statement saying that Actually, never mind. We're all good now. It's all good. And, you know, speaking of EXO, EXO has actually come back. This is their first group comeback since 2019, which means it's somehow been four years since Obsession. One thing that Lisha wanted me to point out is that they went on Dingo's Killing Voice. You know what Killing Voice is, Ethan, right? Of course I do. Killing Voice is like a series on YouTube where they come out and they have a microphone and it's just them singing kind of like us. That's kind of crazy. (laughs) We don't sing, though. No, we don't. No, but they do use mics, and that's where the similarities end. But if you want to see EXO use mics for 15 minutes to sing their songs, uh, watch The Killing Voice. It's actually really good. It has all their like their hit songs. It has a bunch of like more obscure ballad songs as well. Usually, um, confession to make, I hate the vocal processing on the Dingo Killing Voice series, but the one on this one, this EXO video, is not too bad. So I would recommend it. They also put the tallest member next to the shortest member, Chanyeol and Dio, next to each other. And that just brought me a lot of joy to watch that video. It's good that they're back, though. It's been four years, which is yeah. crazy. Because I remember when they came out with Love Shot, and mm. there was another song that came out around that time that was very popular that I also really liked. Tempo? 
Tempo, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. EXO is like a very big group. I think for a lot of people, it's like a you're either BTS or EXO fan. And mm-hmm. I think like having such a big prominent group come back is good for K-pop. We love yeah. K-pop. We love K-pop. We love people who can sing. And we love boy groups that can sing. And speaking of boy groups that can sing, a boy group has actually debuted on the same day that EXO came back, which is the 10th of July. And you may be asking, why on earth would a new boy group debut the same day EXO comes back? And the reason is because they're Zero Base One, the final boy group that was the result of the survival show Boys Planet. And they're going to be huge. Um, Already they've sold over a million copies of the album. So they're going to be insanely popular. So is Zero Base One a permanent group or is it temporary? It's a temporary group. It's like 101, basically. Yeah, so how would you say it's different to the other produce groups like 101 or Kepler? They're not. <laughs> I would say it's the okay. same as 101. Um, Kepler is different. Kepler reminds me more of IOY. A lot has been made of the fact that Kepler is not the best-selling girl group of all time, like Eyes One apparently was. They're a bit like IOY in that IOY came out first in the first season of Produce and then 101 came out in the second season of Produce and 101 was enormously successful and IOY was just like, okay, successful. But yeah, Zero Base One is so successful that if you look at the best-selling debut albums in K-pop history, number one, Sorteji and the Boys with 1.8 million copies. Number two, wow. H.O.T. with 1.5 million copies. Number three, Zero Base One with 1.4 million copies and counting. So they are literally selling as much as boy groups sold in the 90s, which is when the recording industry sold the most CDs it has ever sold. So that's just insane. 101, by the way, was so popular that there's like a theory that like the reason why none of the boy groups which debuted in 2016 and 27 became popular, like Pentacle and Victor and SF9, all of them are sort of mid-tier, right? And the reason why none of them became popular is because the whole of Korea was so loved up with 101 that they didn't see the need to be interested in any other boy group. So I'm afraid that this might happen with Zero Base One, like they crowd at all the other groups. But they are very, very talented and they so far have really good music, very synthy, very bright music that is good to listen to um so i guess there's going to be a lot in store for them we've talked enough about boy groups let's talk about girl groups one of the biggest releases of this past week is the new mini album by odd eye circle ethan do you want to tell us about odd eye circle okay so odd eye circle is a subunit from the very popular very famous but also very i guess troubled yeah. uh, girl group luna <laughs> um previously on the last time we talked about luna on asian pop nation there was some kind of legal trouble happening. There was a specific member, Chu, who was being essentially kicked out of the group by their company, which kind of led to all the members pursuing action against their agency, trying to leave and trying to, I guess, stop their contracts. And it was an entire legal battle. Since the last time we've talked about them, I believe they have managed to escape their contracts and they have all fled to surrounding entertainment agencies. So, for example, the three girls that we just mentioned, um, Jin Sol, Kim Lip and Cherry, who are the members of Odd Eye Circle, um, have gone to Mod House and they have just recently debuted again with their original subunit, Odd Eye Circle, with an album that I think is pretty good, would you say so, Tracy? Yeah, the album is really good. The album is called Version Up. Mm. 
and it's produced mostly by I think Ji Hai, which was the producer who produced most of Luna's pre-debut stuff. Like he produced Lunatic for Odai Circle, which is an incredible song. Mm-hmm. So it's very nice because I feel like a lot of their original producers sort of left at some point in time, mm-hmm. with, along with Jaden Jong, their main, I think, A&R sort of artistic director. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Odai Circle basically went to Jaden Jong's agency, Modhouse. Which was their previous, like, music producer guy. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because obviously they kept the name. They debuted with a lot of very similar sounds and songs. In fact, in the first intro, they actually used samples from their previous Lunar tracks, which I thought was really cool. So it is very interesting to see them back in action again with similar creatives, but in a different company. Um, In fact, signing with Modhouse as well are the joining members Heejin and Hustle, uh, which was awesome to hear because we were not expecting that. And we've all been kind of just waiting around hearing where all the other members would flee to. We've also got more news so that CTD ENM, which I think is CTD Entertainment, have signed with Yojin, Gowon, and Heju. Um, yep, as well as Hyunjin and Vivi. Oh, yeah, which is awesome. So that's another five of them. Tracy, can you tell us a bit about that company? Well, we don't have that much information about the company. It's a new agency, but it was founded by Yoon Do-yoon, who used to work in SM Entertainment and was apparently part of Luna's previous company's planning and coordination department. He's basically left that original company to set these girls up with a new entertainment company, which is good. It means that they're basically working with people who they trust, who they've worked with before, and I think that bodes well for them. The fact that basically all 10 members... So we've got 10 members. Yeah, we've got 10 members under two different agencies. Makes it easier for them to collaborate yeah. together as Luna. And obviously we have a couple members who are solo. We have Chu in her own company. And also Eve has recently announced that she is going solo. She's the only member apart from Chu to do this. And we wish her luck because she is such a good performer. And I think she can definitely do it. Mm. And now on to another girl group. This is a girl group that's just debuted. They made their official debut on July 5th and they called Kiss of Life. And I just wanted to shout them out because the company has put so much work into their debut. They had six MVs produced for their debut, one for each song on their debut album, including a solo song for each member. And I just want to shout out to Natty, who used to be a JYP trainee. She was on the show that formed twice, but she was too young to debut with them then. She went on a couple other survival shows and now... At the age of 21 in 2023, she is finally making her debut in a group. And she has an incredible song called Sugarcoat, which is the first song we played for the show today. A beautiful sort of 90s R&B track. And I think that's a quick rundown of everything that happened or is happening in July. We're going to be playing a song from the new debut by Zero Base One next. Here is In Bloom. Hello and welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. You guys just heard N-O-Y-B by Shin Sakura featuring Furui Riho. And before that, you guys heard Jenna Sekwa by Odd Eye Circle. And even more before that, you guys heard In Bloom by Zero Base One. Now, in our previous segment, uh, Ethan mentioned that July is a very big month for both K-pop and anime. So in our current segment, we will be addressing the anime side of things. And by we, I mean mainly me and Lee. Um, because there is a lot going on in anime, from announcements to trailers to new seasonals to live actions. There's just a lot. So um, Lee, what's one of the first ones that you want to talk about? First one on the list is called Dr. Elise, 
which is originally a Korean manhwa um, about this girl who's a doctor in the modern world and then she gets isekai'd into a book where she becomes a doctor but back then there was like no female doctors or whatever and then she does like girl boss stuff yeah um, I will like to say that me and Lee re- read this yeah. manhwa when yep. it was serializing um, what did you think of the manhwa? good yeah I uh. really love like like um, female lead mm. girl boss Mm-mm. slay and she's just like showing all the men like actually this is what you do as a doctor and then they're like oh my god a woman in <laughs> but yeah. yeah but yeah basically throughout the manhwa I don't know if this is major spoilers but she basically goes on and grows in her career and mm. everything else and she has a love interest that also kind of supports that and it's good stuff mm. very good stuff so we're excited to see this come out and there's it's really going along with the trend of like adapting light yeah. novels slash manhwas and we hope that it turns out well because sometimes they don't turn out as good as the original source material, which is unfortunate. Uh, so the Dr. Elise anime is expected to come in January of 2024, which is next year. And I'm so sad that I have to wait for next year, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Speaking of another anime that's expected to drop in January of 2024 is a anime series that no one ever really expected to be adapted. It is called A Sign of Affection. And A Sign of Affection it was originally a manga, and it is basically about this deaf girl that kind of falls in love in a very wholesome way with this guy and it is like the most wholesome thing ever um there's plenty of fans of the actual manga and uh yeah none of us was expecting it to be released as an anime and so if Xenia was here she would be screaming about it because she is very much into it but um Xenia isn't here so I'm here to tell you that it is very good it is very (laughs) um if you're looking for like a wholesome vibe it is totally what you're going for so next one is actually a panty and stocking with Garter Belt Revival. So Didio Trigger announced at Anime Expo that they officially got the rights up to the panty and stocking intellectual property now, which was previously held by Gynex. So yeah, I used to watch panty and stocking back in primary school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really excited for it to be revived, I guess. <laughs> Wait, is Panty and Stocking an anime? So the art style is very cartoon, like American okay, cartoon. Okay. But I think it is an anime because mm. it's originally Japanese. Hmm. So next one is a bit of a weird one. If everyone knows Suicide Squad, Wit Studios and Warner Brothers Japan is collaborating to make a Suicide Squad isekai. Now that's something I didn't expect to hear in yep. one sentence. Oh, well. so if you if you like Joker and Harley Quinn and all that, and also isekai, this is the perfect anime for you from the trailer that we saw it was just literally joker and stuff like falling into this fantasy world and they start fighting like goblins and slimes and all that i'm curious to see how they're gonna make that make sense yeah pretty big two big studios as well so Mm, i feel like should be good so next one is a so there's actually two. There's a Zom. It's called Zom One Hundred, and I think it was originally a manga. Mm. Currently, the anime is being released, but a live action was also announced. Um, so Zom One Hundred is basically about this guy that's so burnt out from his toxic workplace that he's excited that a zombie apocalypse is happening because it means that he doesn't have to go to work. And then he creates a list of a hundred things he wants to do before he becomes a zombie. And I think this anime, manga, and live action 
section is kind of cool because it actually exposes the Japanese workplace in terms of like its toxicity and like working overtime and just like not being able to leave and go home because if you leave your team members have to pick up the slack all that peer pressure stuff yeah but, not yeah. good I mean it looks pretty good I'm a bit I'm a bit curious slash concerned about the live action because it is mm. by Netflix oh yeah I see. I'm dropping some tea. But, oh, um, keep doing live yeah, there's been a lot of like animes and stuff that's had live actions come really closely behind it. And another one that is a good example of that is My Happy Marriage, which is currently serializing as an anime. And it is also, I think there was a live action released in 20, well, in this year, 2023. And it is a Japanese live action. Yeah, but basically, My Happy Marriage is a story about a girl called Mio who comes from a good family, I suppose, but she is treated lower than a servant because she has no supernatural abilities. And then she is eventually married off to this guy that's really infamous for being like cold and ruthless, and all of his previous like fiancés have run away from him and all that kind of stuff. So he doesn't have a good reputation. And so basically, her entire life has been suffering and just sadness and so she goes off to marry this guy just being like yeah my entire life is going to continue being sadness but um it's not spoiler alert love uh has a way and yeah that's (laughs) that's the premise and it is so cute um i saw that this anime came out and i was like okay i'm gonna read the manga first i love the manga it was very good again it's like like earlier we mentioned a sign of affection so say sign of affection kind of wholesomeness but also add trauma and sadness into it as well and you get my happy marriage and it's a pretty good one um last one i think it's pretty big it's black butler i think that was pretty Mm, big anime mm, mm. um i only watched a few episodes of the first season Mm. like back when i Mm. was a child did you watch any (sighs) i watched the first season and i think half of the second season yeah and back when i watched it the second season confused me because it was just completely out of the blue and it was not like a direct continuation right of like the first season i think it was like a spin-off of some sort but um since that it has been i believe like seven years since that was last released so like um black butler fans are really reviving for the season two now so this is like a remake no it is like a i think the in the past season one was like an actual uh, adaptation of the manga and then they kind of went off the rails for season two Mm. and it was like i think it was an anime original i can't be sure so don't quote me on that but it was completely off the rails and then for this one, season two, they're going to follow the manga again. So, yeah, we're reviving. And it is also um, expected to release in 2024. So 2024, lots of things, lots of things coming up. Yeah. Um, so those are the upcoming anime news, live action adaptations that are coming up in the coming year or next year. Yeah. And next up, you'll be listening to Kimi no Hanashi by Ivy. This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin, where you guys just heard a couple of tracks, uh, starting off with Hinotori by Sachiko Aoyama. And before that, you guys heard Asa Tsuyu, which translates to Bubble by Burnable slash Unburnable. And before that, you guys heard Kimi no Hanashi by Ivy. Now, I have a question for you all. Have you guys ever loved someone so much that you hated them? No. No? (laughs) Um... But recently, um, Choi Yena released a title track called Hate Rodrigo, released on the 27th of June with her album Hate XX. And um, 
This song got into a bit of controversy because of its title and because the MV was taken down. Um, but the entire song is actually not about how much um, Choi Yena hates Rodrigo. Uh, it's actually about how much he loves Rodrigo. So um, Tracy knows more about it. Tracy, could you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, so basically, to give you some context, Choi Yena is a soloist. She's under Yohua Entertainment and she is... 23 years old. She's best known for being a former member of Eyes One, which was made from Produce Season 3. Okay, Produce 48. Um, and she basically was formerly co- like, considered like kind of someone with like a small-ish but very dedicated fan base and a general positive perception in Korea. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, she she has this sort of spunky, bright image to her. And she recently decided to come back with this song called Hate Rodrigo. Rodrigo, obviously referring to Olivia Rodrigo. And she explains her choice to title it as so. Hate Rodrigo is a cute and honest expression of various emotions such as longing and jealousy that we feel for the object of our envy. I used an ironic expression to maximize my affection and longing for that person. So I guess it's like her trying to be a bit quirky. She's like, if you listen to the song itself, um, it's very much a love story to uh, Olivia Rodrigo. She, I don't think the word hate appears anywhere in the actual song. It's just like, oh, I heard the song Good For Me, Good For You. Like she references, like I heard the song on the radio and it felt so good. And like, it's a very sweet song. If you actually listen to it, it's very upbeat. It has a very cute performance. But because of this title, um, it became pretty controversial um, in Korea pretty quickly. Um, yeah, because people basically are perceiving it to be disrespectful um, to Olivia Rodrigo. Um, I think another aspect is the fact that Olivia Rodrigo is like a younger singer who has been, I think, in the industry for less time than Trayana. So people are seeing her as like, like it, it, people think it's weird that she's saying that she hates someone who is like a hubei to her, I guess. And another thing is that um, hate, obviously, being an English word, uh, I've seen comments that people think that hate is a very like very strong way to word something, and so Koreans are maybe. Yeah, I think I'm just might read out some comments, but basically um, people will say things like, hate can be translated into dislike in Korean, but to foreigners, it's a very strong negative word, like freaking repulsive. So maybe, I don't know, because of this sort of language barrier, people are perceiving it as a very strong slight against Olivia Rodrigo. But um, it's sort of become something that the commenters online on Korean sites have become very passionate about. Um, to the extent of people calling her, like, a disgrace to Korea and stuff like that. They think that she's tarnishing Korea's image overseas, which is quite insane. Yeah, so what do you guys think about calling a song Hate Rodrigo? Do you think that was a good idea? What do you think they were trying to achieve with that? I don't know, considering it's nothing about hating Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. I feel like she could have used, like, a better, uh, another title. Um, I don't know, it's just... I don't know, it's so weird, like, hate Rodrigo. Even when I was putting it onto a run sheet yeah. last week, it was like, oh, this person hates Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> and then this whole controversy. But she didn't say anything, like, 
No. Right? Yeah. It, it, she loves Olivia Rodrigo. Mm. She's like a massive fan. That's so interesting. Is it like a um a clickbait sort of thing? I think it should it might be. Like mm. why why do you think a company would call a song Hate Rodrigo? Mm. It's gotta be, right? They go to, they wanted to do a little bit of outrage marketing. Either that or they want it to be quirky, like it's a I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, uh basically amongst all this furor and like people going mad at her um on the internet, um the in- the video for Hate Rodrigo was suddenly taken down one day along with like a lot of teaser, um like the teaser uh footage for it and stuff like that. And people speculated that it was because of um, Olivia Rodrigo's team reaching out to Yuehua and saying, hey, maybe you should take this down. In fact, I think several um, like outlets, like official outlets reported as such, like, oh, it was taken down because of Olivia's, Olivia's team um, not being happy with it. However, that didn't turn out to be the case. Yuehua actually took it down because um, the MV featured a lot of scenes of Olivia Rodrigo. Um, it featured, uh, for example, like her album art and that sort of thing, and that's obviously all copyrighted. And um, you know, that's that that lead. I don't know, Ethan. You know about legal stuff, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know specifically what Korea's uh, rules are on fair use. Uh... But I think in like a lot of Western countries, like in Australia and America, mm-hmm. we have provisions where if we use someone's copyrighted material in a transformative way um, that has some kind of artistic express- expression, yeah, I think it's fine. Now, I haven't personally seen the video, but based on the descriptions that you've given me in yep. terms of like, you know, someone just putting like some almost like a montage kind of yeah, you know, yeah. element to it. Like, I, I, I would imagine that if she's using, like, you know, seconds at most or, like, just brief shots of it, yeah. it shouldn't be too bad. But in saying that, yeah, I can see why a company would take it down if there is that much copyrighted content because they're running it very close and I don't know what Korea's rules are on that. I think they want to be extremely mm. cautious, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess it makes sense for them to be extremely cautious. These entertainment companies usually tend to be quite cautious, I guess. <laughs> Uh, there are some scenes like she like one of the sets is literally just plastered with pictures of Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, it'd be weird if they didn't get her consent for that. That's that's to me yeah. it's like like you've made this whole thing about Olivia Rodrigo and it feels kind of like what's the word? Like it's kind of creepy. Yeah, like a stalker. stalker. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like But we do know that obviously she is a big fan of Olivia Rodrigo, so mm-hmm. You know, obviously that comes from a place of respect and creativity, but, like, when you step back... <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, why is she doing so much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has, has Olivia Rodrigo spoken out about this? What does she say about No, because Olivia Rodrigo is busy promoting her new single, Vampire. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's probably another reason why it got so big, because Olivia Rodrigo's stands were um, wrapping up for Olivia Rodrigo's music. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, it was just horrible timing, because everyone speculating that, like... This is like people like um what's the word? People criticizing Yohua and Troyena for this song and then them taking it down feels like they're trying to do some sort of damage control. But it just sort of made thing made everything like spiral out of control and made everyone like go into a frenzy, like why why are they taking it down? Like Did they re upload the video? They did re upload it like on the same day. 
So there is a video on their channel called yeah. Hate Retrigo music yeah. video. They just blurred out all the... It, yeah, it is weird that they pictures. fanned the flames to be like, oh, maybe we did get in trouble, who knows? But then they uploaded it anyway. So they I feel didn't like... fan the flames. I think it was genuinely them just being yeah, like, yeah. oh, maybe we shouldn't do this now that we're getting scrutinised. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying they did it intentionally. It's yeah. just like... But it's still up there. Interesting. Clickbait marketing. Yeah. yeah. Another thing was like they were literally... Um, marketing like you know how k-pop uh companies like tweet out their teas and, and stuff with like hashtags they were tweeting it out with like hate rodrigo as a hashtag oh god <laughs> okay that, that was good <laughs> so they changed it to hate xx which is the name of the ep mm-hmm. mm. but i think yeah. the i might be i probably am wrong but is the other tracks in that album like hate something hate this because maybe that's why um, that could be a cool format. It's indeed. Bad Hobby, no, Hate Rodrigo, and Wicked Love. Aww. So they're all kind of like bad, hate, wicked. Oh, it's Trey and I going dark. See, if they did it like hate love or hate this or whatever, mm. maybe there was like some kind of theme to it. But this just feels really out of place. I do think so. Yeah. She's getting absolutely dogpiled on. Mm. Um, she actually skipped a couple um, schedules, presumably because she was not feeling you know because Aww. of all the hate was getting to her i think it's a real shame because this song is so fun this choreo is so fun this performance is so fun it could have all just been avoided very easily yeah so i don't know that's just a fun story about a very interesting strange controversy that happened a couple of weeks ago um i just think that more people should uh when this sort of thing happens more people should hear artists out um, speaking of which, the next song we're going to play is a song by EXO called Hear Me Out. Hello listeners, you are tuned in to Asia Pop Nation on Sin, where you guys just heard a couple of tracks, starting off with Douji Suila by Neo, and before that you guys heard I Feel Bored by Kandeng featuring GS, and even more before that you guys heard Hear Me Out by EXO. And speaking of hearing someone out... Um, you may have noticed a bit of an absence on the airwaves. A certain voice has been absent from our recordings for the past few weeks. Um, and that voice is indeed Ethan. You may have been wondering where he's been. Um, has he disappeared? What happened? He was on a spicy three-week <laughs> trip to Korea. <laughs> spicy, hey? So, can you corroborate this information? Is it true that you were on a spicy three-week trip to the I Genesis heard of differently. Oh. I heard many things. The rumours have yeah. started swirling. Welcome back, Ethan. Thank you. Um, yes, I did actually go to Korea for three weeks. Like every other 20-year-old looking to find themselves, they decided to go overseas alone um, in a foreign land far away from Australia. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I went to Korea for three weeks. Um, I traveled around the different cities. So obviously I went to Seoul. Um, I went to uh, Busan as well, which I really enjoyed. And I made a quick stop in Daegu um, to visit a theme park um, that was very dead. Uh, But yeah, people might know about Daegu because that is where Irene came from, from Red Velvet. Uh, No, I did not see her. But um, the city was interesting. Anyway... Um, yeah, anyway, no one cares about theme parks here. Yeah, I will go on to the main stuff. I think the coolest <laughs> thing I found about South Korea is, like, I really enjoy the, like, the, just, like, the convenience of everything. I feel like the city's really well thought out. Like, even just being able to go down to the convenience stores and buy, like, cut ramen 
or like mm. strawberry milk, <laughs> which I seem to have lived off for most of Not my nights. Not banana milk? No, I actually don't think banana milk is that. Um, oh. Like, I think it's very similar to just like plain milk. Oh, I think okay. strawberry milk has an I've interesting... I've never tried, but I keep wanting to. But mm. I keep seeing the They're BTS both... cartons of banana oh, milk. Oh, yeah. I tried those. Are they good? They're, they're basically the same as any other banana milk. Really? Mm, that's good enough. Um, yeah, I, I just think, like, as, like, an idea, South Korea is such a cool place to live in because it's, like, very cheap and everything is, like, everything just works. Like, I was really obsessed with, like, the doors because they push and pull. <laughs> so if you've ever been in Melbourne and you've pushed on a door that says pull and you feel like a real big idiot mm. yeah. um, and then you imagine that people behind you are laughing at you. Well, in South Korea, they have doors that push and pull. So very oh. frequently you will just push through a door like a badass and you'd feel very cool because the door will still say pull, but you've just pushed your way through it. It's such, oh. <laughs> such an interesting... Tracy did bring this up, our resident civil engineer here, <laughs> that apparently it's because of they, they have a thing with capacity sizes in Korea. If they've got, but oh yeah, potentially this is a hypothesis where it's like if you've got a lot of people crammed into a shop and it's probably not safe if it's only push or only pull. Mm -hmm. So being able to push and pull is um, a really good design. This is such a safety feature. Yeah, it's a very good safety feature. What else do I find interesting about Korea? The bidets. The bidets are very cool. You had a whole debacle. I had had a whole debacle. Okay, listen to me, okay? So (laughs) I had gone off the plane. It had been like a 24-hour journey, okay? I get off the plane, I take the, the train, it's hot, it's humid, everyone's on the train, they're probably judging me because this foreigner doesn't understand which seats to sit on or whatever. And I get up, I come into my my hotel and I'm just like, okay, I need to go to the toilet. And then I go check the flush button, but there is no flush button. It's like a panel and it's all in Korean and I don't understand which one is flush, which one is going to like squirt water at me. Like, so it's just like two hours of me texting my friends being like, help, please. I don't know what to do. Were they better equipped to know which one was the flush button? No, but but people were better equipped to teach me how to like drain my sink because my sink was also not draining. And that is not a career thing. That is just an every person thing. Because even my friends like, what are you doing? You obviously just pushed the down button. Anyway, I should not live alone. (laughs) I should not be able to travel alone. <laughs> no, because um, you guys talked about the BTS banana milk as well. BTS yeah. is everywhere. I'm like, I would that, imagine. By the way, sorry. <laughs> the BTS, the banana milk. I'm gonna delete that. They mentioned the BTS no. banana milk. So basically, like, it's just like product placement. They they put K-pop idols on everything. BTS especially is everywhere. Um, they were like advertising a shopping center, and they were doing like a. F- festival for bts it's just like a themed purple thing yeah like that kind of stuff or like when i went to everland because i think they have some collab with sm so they had like an sm store with merch called kwangya and then one of the rides was like themed around espa so like they'd play espa music and every now and then the espa members would come on and be like hello put on your seatbelts. this is espa (laughs) black mama oh my (laughs) god um yeah no the k-pop is everywhere i heard I've a lot, mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot. Yeah, what would you say are the most popular like groups in Korea? In terms of I think it's people? definitely I've and New Jeans, because mm-hmm. I hear them everywhere. Um, which surprisingly, after hearing them for like three weeks, I don't get sick of them. So maybe I I've grown more fond of the fourth generation groups now because <laughs> I feel like oh, they're pretty cool and you see a lot of like you see a lot of fourth gen like Espers and stuff. 
I think in general, I never really heard that much girl, uh, boy groups, though. Like, I feel like, mm. I feel like a lot more people put on, like, girl groups. Yeah. Um, which I thought was interesting. It's been that way for a while, since, like, the start mm. of the journey. Mm. Yeah. And I think, um, towards the end, when I was back in Seoul and I was running out of things to do, like, I started going to a lot more, like, live events, like musicals and stuff. Mm. Um, I saw Six the Musical, which I think was also in Australia. Yeah. But in Korea they had their own Korean adaptation of it starring a lot of really talented singers and performers, but also um, I think people might know Solji from EXID, yes. who was a pretty prominent... Vocal goddess. Yeah, in a pretty big K-pop group as well, which was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that was that as well. Um, yeah. You went to a Promise 9 fan cafe? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I went to a Promise 9 fan cafe. So I went all the way back to Korea. Um, I went all the way back to Seoul because I was in Busan for a while because I wanted to catch the Promise 9 fan cafe on the last day as well. Um, so I went all the way to Gangnam. To Wait, like a for a For context, what is a fan cafe? A fan cafe is when like a group... This one specifically was organized by the company of the group. So it was like an official fan cafe. So they basically just hire out a cafe and for like two weeks, they put like the faces on there and they buy, put like theme stuff. So there, there was like a merch shop, obviously, where they saw like t-shirts or tote bags or photo cards or posters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also buy like fancy drinks that just have like a sticker of the album um, and you get like a free photo card on top of that and that's like $8 for like Jeez. one drink. That was crazy. Oh, okay. But I got my bias, so that was okay. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> fine. It was really interesting seeing what the other demographic of From His Nine fans mm. are like because they were all male in their 20s. And it was kind of weird because when you go to a K-pop thing, it's generally not all he male. just like me for or, real. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was it was so strange. Um, I signed a, like a little poster card thing on the wall. It was like, oh, love from Australia. So, you know, Aww. maybe they'll read it. Um, they won't. They won't. <laughs> I put it in a, like That's a little crazy. heart thing, so maybe they'll see it. It's crazy to like <laughs> run into K-pop fans in real life, and also right? like run into K-pop people's faces like everywhere in real life. Yeah, to me, that's yeah. a crazy thing. Like. Like, in, in subway stations as well, they have, like, the billboards for, like, their birthdays as well. Yeah. Mm. Like, I saw one for Chewy or, like, Hoshi from Seventeen. Mm. Or, like, th- that BTS member, I forgot. I, I don't remember which one. Jimin, yeah, yeah. This is blasphemy. <laughs> I just forgot, okay? I was remembering too many things. Um, yeah, so they really do love K-pop a lot in, in Korea. Like, I know that's, like, obvious. Mm-hmm. But, like, to actually go and see, like, oh, shit. People actually really like K-pop here. But then it's so bizarre because you walk out of, like, the cafe into, like, normal society and, like, all these businessmen see you walking out with your, like, your Your merch. Um, Yeah. Korea was a really good experience. It's definitely... It definitely did live up to the hype. Um, Mm. There was... The food was good. The music was always, uh, you know, the... The trains and the train systems. The toilet was really wow. good. The trains and the toilet. The trains and the toilet was pretty good. <laughs> the amusement um, parks, yeah. Yeah. Everything was awesome. So, yeah. Everything was 10 out of 10 would do it again. Everything is awesome. I was just thinking about choosing. So, next up, we got three songs. Chinese language songs. First is CED featuring Yu Hangren Fang Q with a song called... Which is some sort of like some sort of like literary phrase that I'm not quite sure how to translate. Um, 
So yeah, here it is right now. <laughs> Asian Pop Nation. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, and this will be the last time that you hear me say that on today's show. Um, you guys just heard a couple of tracks, starting off with Artemis by Suri Su, and before that, you guys heard Psycho by Jun from Seventeen, and even more before that, you guys heard Yi Shen Xuan Ming by CED featuring Yu Han Ren Fang Q. Um, but yeah, it has come to the end of our show. And once again, you guys were here with Tracy, Ethan, yeah. Saruki, and Lee. Bye. And also me, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you guys heard a lot about uh, some July K-pop and anime insanity. Um, there was a lot going on, so we felt that it was necessary to go over some of that. Um, you guys also heard uh, Saruki's birthday song recommendations. Um, and we also discussed Choi Yena and the controversy around her song Hate Rodrigo. Um, and I hope you guys also enjoyed listening to Ethan's adventures in Korea. Um, yeah, that it has come to the end of our show. Um, before we leave you off for the night, uh, we will be playing a few more songs for you guys. Starting off with Dandelion Wine by Lauren Ong. Oh.